Today we're going to start a new series, and the new series is titled Amazing. And what it is, is we're going to take a look at what nature reveals to us about who God is. If you think about it, this, this world that, and all of the stuff in it that God has created, it really is a description of who he is, his character, his power, his majesty, uh, his plans, everything about God that you and I need to know today, plus more, is revealed to us through this world of nature that God has created. God is the scripture I want you to know today or to talk about today is this one. It comes from the book of Romans, uh, chapter 1, verse 20. And it says this, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have clearly been seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. You know, really what God has done by creating you know, this physical world that we live in and, and the, the natural characteristics of it is he's proven his own existence. And he's put us all in this position where we have to take a look at what's around us and determine what we're going to do with that information. When we look at God's word from the book of Genesis all the way through Revelation uh, in his writings, in the scriptures, we see who God is. Uh, through the physical eyes of, of many different people. We see it in what he has done, what he has created, the miracles, all these different things reveal an aspect of who God is to you and to I. You know, again, all of us are forced to make the choice. You look around the world. You know, I'm sitting in a chair. I'm sitting at a desk. I've got a computer in front of me. Where are the elements for all of these things come from, they, they came from God. They came from this God who is unseen, whose power and authority is unlimited, and he creates things to be utilized. He creates things for a plan and for a purpose, and that's what I want to talk about today. So I started thinking a little bit. I started thinking about, okay, you know, people with a, a, a much more intense knowledge of the inner workings of nature, you know, people that have studied it and, and are just, you know, what did they come to think? So I, I, I ended up that search starting off with a guy by the name of Charles Darwin. Now, all of us know the name of Darwin. We know who this guy is. And, you know, immediately we come to this place where we can view this image of an of the of different monkeys or apes you know there's a small one all hunched over and then there's a larger one next to him a little bit more standing up straight and on and on and on and we see this progression and we relate that immediately to who Charles Darwin is as he studied human nature as he studied the origins of life but one thing that we we need to remember about Darwin is one of the comments that he made in his writings. And Charles Darwin said this, he said, I have never been an atheist in the sense of denying the existence of God. 
You see, Charles Darwin always, as he looked at creativity and he looked at nature and he looked at, at, at the world around him, he always saw the presence of God. And then, of course, there's other people that have studied God, like this guy here, Albert Einstein. Now, Einstein was raised in a Jewish home. He grew up in the Jewish faith. He knew about the existence of God and the Jewish teachings about God. And it wasn't until later in life that Einstein ended up rejecting the idea that God could be a personal God. Einstein ended up thinking that God was simply nebulous. You know, he was universal. He was just totally incomprehensible. But he didn't disallow the existence of God because even in all that he studied and all that he taught, uh, Einstein, again, saw this this divine nature being expressed through this creation. There's another man that you probably don't know very well, um, and this man was named Francis Collins. Francis Collins was a Christian geneticist who was appointed by President Obama to head, to head up the National Institute of Health back in 2009. Well, this, this created a lot of, uh, I guess, turmoil when Obama appointed him to be the head of NIH. And the reason was because a lot of scientists didn't feel that a man that believed in the existence of God should be the one to head and to lead the largest biometric, biomedical research facility in the world. They just thought that, that just, they just didn't go together. But nonetheless, uh, Francis Collins was the head of NIH. And as I was looking at some of the studies and the things that he did, uh, this, this quote from an interview popped up. And I think it's, it really says, tells a tale about who Francis Collins is and what he found when he was doing a lot of the research. Here's this quote. It says, as someone who's had the privilege of leading the Human Genome Project, I've had the opportunity to study our own DNA instruction book at a level of detail that was never really possible before. So you get a sense that, that what he's studying here at a depth, you know, has never been looked at before. And he continues, he says, it has now been possible to compare our DNA with that of many other species. And he says, the evidence supporting the idea that all living things are descended from a common ancestor is truly overwhelming. What's he saying? You know, Francis Collins is saying that, you know, if you look at the DNA codes, if you look at the depth that I've looked, you'll see that, that the evidence is overwhelming that all of us have developed from, from a single source. It follows the biblical narrative. And from this study that Francis Collins uh, went on, this journey he went on at NIH studying the Human Genome Project, and you know, we learn about the creativity of who God is. We understand that there is intelligent design there. We understand that there's a tremendous amount of wisdom. There's a plan for what God has created in a very personal nature to the things that God has created. 
Today I want you to consider one of his creation, and I want you to consider the ladybug. Ladybugs have a particular design to them. They have a particular, you know, shape. And it's it was created that way by God for certain purposes. They have this dome-shaped body. They have six different legs. They have spots or stripes, or some of them don't have any markings at all. So if we take a look at this creation of God's, this ladybug, this insect, what is it that we can learn? Well, one of the things that we can learn is that, that there's an ecosystem that God has created. And this particular insect is part of a larger ecosystem. Let me explain part of the purpose that God has for this, this creature, this creation of his. You know, in this ecosystem, there are plants and there are all kinds of insects and life thriving and circling and growing and, and some is being born and some is dying. I mean, it's, it's all over. the. It's a, it's a system. It's a cycle. Well, God uses aphids. And if you're a gardener, you know what aphids are. They're a little bug that gets on your plants and everything. And they end up sucking the sweet juice uh, or the sap out of the plants that they inhabit. Well, what happens when an aphid takes in this sap is it produces this stuff called honeydew. And it ends up depositing the honeydew on the plant that it's living on. Well, the honeydew then goes to feed another part of the ecosystem. Ants crawl on the plants, and the ants end up eating the honeydew to survive. Well, the problem exists that sometimes there are too many aphids. And if too many aphids are present, then the aphids, too many of them, will suck all the juice, all the, you know, the nectar, all of the, you know, the sap out of the plants and the plant will die. So a way that God creates this ecosystem to keep a balance going is where the ladybug comes in. The ladybugs, they, they come onto the plants and their source of food, their source of nutrient is eating the aphids. So God has this cycle, this system that's in effect. He, he, he has these plants that provide the nourishment for the aphids. The aphids then make the nourishment for the ants. And in order to keep the aphids in balance so they don't overstretch and, and kill the plants, uh, then the ladybugs come along and they eat them. Well, you know, ladybugs can eat up to 5,000 aphids a, a year. So God uses this. He uses these little insects, these little teeny ladybugs, in order to balance the system out. What do we learn? What's the point? The point is that God has created an ecosystem that's designed to thrive. Life is designed to continue on. And he orchestrates things together in order to allow them to survive, to thrive. For you and I as a Christian, as we look at this particular set of circumstances in nature, it tells us that God is a God of provision. That God is a God of order. Things are not haphazard. Things are not just, you know, whatever. And that there is a tremendous design behind even the simplest of things 
in nature or in this life, all the way to the smallest detail. You know, if God has a system of life as simple as what I just described for you, and he keeps things balanced through that so that life can continue to thrive and to grow and to move on, how much more will God do in our life? How much more can you and I expect to see from the hand of God? Well, let's continue on and talk about ladybugs a little bit more. They have specifically designed bodies. Yeah, specifically designed for the purpose that God has ordained for them, for the environment that they're in and so forth. Uh, they have a large shell that's for protection. They have, you know, spots on those, on those shells. And those spots actually warn predators that, hey, if I eat this bug, you know, this thing that's spotted, uh, then I'm going to get sick. It's not good. It has a sour taste. It will make me ill. There's, there's this natural sense that God has ordained and installed in nature that is one of self-preservation. And it allows them to see warning signs. You know, and God uses those warning signs to keep the balances going so that all the ladybugs aren't eaten. You know, so that they can continue to balance out the aphids. God creates his, a creation that, he, that he's designed to thrive. And to move on and to live and to, and to procreate. You know, if God creates ladybugs with all of the tools necessary to live, to thrive, and to be part of a larger ecosystem, how much more does he plan for each one of us? You know, the possibilities there are phenomenal. They're unbelievable. Ladybugs also have this instinct of survival. As I mentioned before, they know when to turn on these secretions to keep other predators away and, and to be from eaten. And if God does this, it's because he foresees what's going to happen. He foresees the fact that there will be predators that will come, come against his creation, these, these little ladybugs. And that they need this protection in order for the overall plan of God to continue on. What does it mean for us? It means that God is a God of the past, the present, and the future. He's, he knows what's going to happen and he provides accordingly. Listen to what I'm saying. If he's, if he's wise enough, creative enough, powerful enough to do all of that to keep this ecosystem going, to keep these little ladybugs alive so that they can do their particular job for whatever period of time, how much more will God do for my life or for your life? The possibilities are mind-blowing. We learn from nature that God is organized. That if you look at the design, even of these this this little ecosystem I've been bringing up and talking about and the design of ladybugs and whatever, we see that God is organized, that there's a lot of structure. It's not haphazard at all. We know that God produces 
DNA that write the sequence of, of how a particular creature or living uh, form will, will be created and what it's going to look like and what kind of attributes it's going to have and all of those things. We learn from all this that God is provisional. He's, he's not random. He provides what is needed in order to accomplish his goal, in order to accomplish the plan. It's interesting that God, inside of these ladybugs, he puts this instinct in there that lets them know about, you know, predators. And it's just like he does with us. We have a sense sometimes of, of when we're getting ready to go into harm's way. It's part of God's overall design, the intricacy of what he has created. You know, again, this series is all about seeing some some characteristics of who God is through what he has created. So I want everyone today to simply consider the ladybug and consider this little creature that a lot of times you see in your house. You know, maybe even today you might see a ladybug flying around somewhere, maybe in the bathroom where they find heat or whatever. But, you know, and next time you see one, think about this creativity that God has unleashed here in this one little creature. Think about the plan that God has orchestrated for this one little bug to exist in the place that it does exist so that it could do the certain functions that God has ordained for it. You know, sometimes we have this lost feeling. We have this idea that we're, we're in this life alone. That God seems to be indifferent. You know, he's, he's like Einstein, you know, thought. God is there, but, you know, he's really kind of disconnected and unknowable and all. When I think about what um, Francis Collins said about the Genome Project, when I think about some of the stuff I've read about insects and ladybugs and all, I realize that God has everything planned down to the second. Absolutely everything. It doesn't mean that we don't have free will. He takes that into consideration too. But nothing takes God by surprise. So if you're feeling like you're lost or you're feeling like you're alone today, if you're feeling like, you know, when is all this, you know, confusion and noise and all this going to end, don't fall into that, that world of despair. God has everything covered. He knows how many aphids are on your plant. He knows what's going to you know, what's going to have to happen in order to allow each one of us to grow to the potential that he has ordained for each one of us. You see, that's the beauty of it, is God's plan will be fulfilled and it will come to fruition. Don't fight it. Don't be like I used to be and fight against the plans of God. So this week, my assignment for you is uh, search out a ladybug in your home. And just kind of consider what God is doing in your life and in the world. Thanks and God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God 
is available on Facebook Live Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining and don't forget to like and share. God bless.